The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hey, it's Chris Jericho. You're listening to the Rough House Podcast featuring the sexiest beast in all of Maryland and surrounding areas, the illustrious Chris. And Marty. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Christoph. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode 203. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Hi, I'm Marty. And I'm Christoph, and uh, we appreciate you very much for listening. And uh, another another week with a lot of wrestling happening. Yeah, we a, have, lot, a uh, lot of wrestling, a lot, a lot of news, a lot of craziness. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's that, too. There was... Um, you know the uh, you know it's fresh in my mind because I just watched it this morning. New Japan is back with yes. their combo best of Super Juniors and World Tag League tournament. Mm-hmm. We have the uh, the New York Feds living up uh, or working up their way to Survivor Series, yeah. which I don't know if you knew this, Marty. It's the uh, it's the only night of the year where superstars of Raw and SmackDown go head to head. Oh, I, and and my understanding now I, I could be wrong. Let me hang on. Let me. Check your notes. Check your notes. Checking my notes. Yes, they're fighting for brand supremacy. Okay. Phew. Yes. Man, I thought. Yes. I thought for. I, I thought. I was worried that for the first time there would be some kind of fucking stakes or a prize up for gra- up for grabs, not just yeah. brand supremacy. Which in in twenty twenty, yeah. having anything supremacy probably isn't yeah, the it's, best it's phrasing not, to use. It's, it's not. It's not great. It's not. You know what? Let's just jump into them. The World Wrestling I mean. Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Dare I say, Vincent Kennedy McMahon might be proud of some of his boys in the back. (laughs) Um, I don't know who you mean, Drakeworth. (laughs) 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 That guy. Oh, boy. Oh, gee, mama. Yeah, you you continues to. I, uh, I didn't know one could see CTE affect someone in real time. (laughs) <laughs> but that's where uh, we're at with former hardcore yeah. superstar and current ref uh, Drake Wirtz. Good and, and, lord. And current uh, current uh, population of parlor. Uh, yeah, yeah. Way to go, Snowflake. Now, now here, <laughs> here's here's a fun thing. Uh, a friend of mine he put together uh, a few years ago a, a Slack group. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with what Slack is, Chris, but uh, I know of it. It, it. It's primarily used for business, but it's like you know, it's it's just a, a social chat platform. So okay. a buddy of mine like put the pre Discord. Yes, yes. Uh, in fact, Discord is basically Slack for gamers. Like that's ah. that's pretty much the 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 connection there. But. Uh, uh, a buddy of mine put together this group, and I feel bad for him because the name of the group was The Parlor. And ah. and now there's Parlor, P-E-R-L-E-R. P-A-R-L-E-R. However the hell they've chosen to spell it. Incorrectly. Yeah, it's not the traditional spelling by any means. And well, you know that's, that's education <laughs> isn't top on that uh, that <laughs> that demographics it, hit it's, list. It's just full of chuds, and uh, it, you know uh, we we got people showing their their whole ass on the internet. Ooh. 
like spread agape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how that's how much ass they're showing here. Yeah, it's uh whew. Yeah, it is it is not a good look. It, it is it is quite ugly. Uh, but at least he didn't lose his job over it. Yeah, see that that's that's the thing that is wild to me. <laughs> so, you have a guy like Drake who is literally on a okay. He can be on a conservative platform. Fine. But he's also following known white supremacists, like mm-hmm. avowed white supremacists, not like, mm-hmm. oh, people say they're white supremacists. No, literally groups who will indicate to you that they are white supremacists. Totally fine. Totally cool. In fact, gets to run like mini talent relations for NXT. Yeah. Um, so totally cool. Totally fine. Totally normal. You have guys like Velveteen Dream and Austin Theory who literally groomed underage people. Yeah. Totally fine. Totally cool. Still on TV. Zelina Vega, however, wants to run a Twitch and a Cameo and an OnlyFans. And boom, she's gone. Yeah, man. (laughs) This is... uh... I feel like this is the beginning of the shoe falling. I don't I don't know if this is the tip of the iceberg, if the snowball is going to keep running downhill or any other cliches I can come up with on the fly. Yeah. But um, good for her. Yeah. Taking a taking a stand. Um, yeah. You know, everybody was posting the side by side of the I support unionization tweet. Yeah. And then the uh, the yeah. tweet from WWE wishing. Did they even wish her best in her future? No, endeavors? no. They just said she was released and also didn't use her shoot name because, of course, that's what all of her uh, right. third party uh, uh, social networking is going to be under. So, yeah, you know, I- interesting uh, twist of fate there. Um, and and I, I will say there were a lot of people going, oh, they fired her immediately because she posted about unionization. No, she no. was fired before she posted it. Like, yes, <laughs> they, as monstrous as WWE is, they tell the talent they're fired before they post it on the Internet. Uh, usually. Yeah. <laughs> usually. Mistakes were made usually. when they let people go during the pandemic. I mean, beyond also. letting people go during the pandemic. Right. Also, people are giving WWE way too much credit for being able to put that together in 10 minutes. Yes. Uh, yes. Not a fucking chance that yeah, happens. No, they were still writing SmackDown, and that was going to go on air in a few hours. So <laughs> they, preparation is not their strong suit. But, oh, man, like, I, I, I have learned from those comparison examples I just laid out there with, with Drake Wirtz and, and uh, the ridiculousness of that, which is getting some... I won't say mainstream pub, but getting there thanks to the mm-hmm. efforts of David Bixenspan and and the writing he's doing on a number of different websites. Um, you, you've got the Velveteen Dream and Austin Theory stuff, which did get relative mainstream pub. It was written about on Deadspin, which I recognize is not as good as it once was, but still mainstream enough. Yes. Totally fine. Totally overlooked. Totally, you know, walked around. The reason why they decided to go after Zelina is very simple. They fucked with their money. Like, she fucked with their money. WWE wants to be able to control all forms of income coming into their superstars. That's why they started WWE Studios, to give people movie roles that they control. And also weren't union productions, so no one got sag extra from that one. Um... So now they want to be able to control the the presence on Twitch. I mean, you go on LinkedIn right now. WWE is hiring for a Twitch graphics person. Yeah. And 
that's what it boils down to. If you fuck with Vince's money, Vince will fuck with your money. Like that that's that's what it is. Because nothing blew up enough with uh, a Velveteen Dream with a Austin Theory with a Riddle who doesn't get have a first name anymore because yeah. that'll apparently fix Google search. Uh the money never got affected. So therefore, they're not a problem. But Zelina decided to keep doing her thing well after the date that they said everyone should be off of Twitch and mm-hmm. OnlyFans cameo. And cameo and whatever. So she got let go. And now the question is, what comes from here? You have the president of SAG-AFTRA yeah. shooting messages out to Zelina and wanting to talk to her. You have Andrew Yang, who I don't know if he's really going to be part of Biden's cabinet, but he's going to know all the right people. Who yeah. has made it very clear that come January, when there is a change in the air, this is the time. This is the moment to go after this the, this company, this man in Vince McMahon. Uh, it, it's it's going to be real interesting. And if I was WWE, I would have held back on firing anybody over this. No, 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 no. That's not how they see things. They see things as they have to make an example of somebody. Um, And, you know, Zelina Vega was a pretty, um, from what I could, you know, what I read and what I heard, she was a pretty important role for a couple months there in the the last um, swing of the Heyman yeah. creative area of, yeah. of raw you know she was leading her little sex cauldron uh yeah. with uh with andrade and garza and wasn't there somebody else uh austin theory right yeah austin theory also yeah in there, weirdly the, enough yeah the aforementioned uh, so so yeah but you know she wasn't i don't remember what she had been doing recently i hadn't heard her name come she got up much moved over to smackdown as a solo star which was cursed <sighs> from the jump and by the way her replacement, equally cursed. We'll talk about what happened there in a minute. Was uh, she on a Survivor Series team or something? Uh, I'll, 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 I'll dig oh, into okay. it. I'll dig ah. into it. Don't worry. Um, so uh, not really a, a, a great scenario for her uh, on as she was on her way out. You know, it, it was not optimal. But you had someone who was a great talker. You had someone who in NXT proved she could be part of a main event act. Yeah. In in her and Andrade, which to this day, the fact that they split them baffles me. I mean, I, I know she'd only been moved, moved over to SmackDown for a number of weeks at the time of her firing, but I don't get it. Um, by the way, Andrade still nowhere to be found. Yeah. Oh, well, he's, you know, somewhere sleeping next to Charlotte. So he's yeah. doing OK in this, yeah, his IRL. But uh, I, you know, I, I'm sure he's doing just fine. But again, main event guy squandered, totally yep. lost. Uh, and hell, you can also look not that far removed from Zelina Vega when you talk about a main event guy lost, squandered, who now all eyes are on in in Alistair Black. That guy was an absolute mega star in the making in NXT. Yeah. They bring him up, he gets stuck in a janitor's closet for six months, and they wonder yeah. why he's not over anymore. Doesn't he have an eye patch now? Does he he has an eye, an eye patch now, and apparently, uh, according to yep. to some scoops that got uh, released this weekend, he'd been asking if he could go back down to NXT. Is he is he a pirate? Does he have a pirate gimmick? No, 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 no. That was from when uh, Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins were uh, taking out people's eyeballs. So ah. he's still selling the the torn up eyeball. He had a, a feud with Kevin Owens going on, which was actually pretty good. Then they moved them both to SmackDown. It continued, but it was just like, okay, you're just kind of doing reruns, even though the reruns are good. Um, so, you know, you have a guy like Aleister Black who 
could have been a very big star, but got sacrificed to the idea that no one's a star anymore. Everyone's just part of the brand, and those brands yeah. are interchangeable and useless. Um, so it's, and it's something it's something that uh, that Cody touched. Did you listen to the uh, Unrestricted this week with Cody? I did. I did. So it's, it's one of the interesting things because there was a lot of nuggets that came out of that. I, I rec- would recommend people listening to that after you finish this one, of course. Um, he was talking about how you know uh, part AEW of, Unrestricted again, the name of the podcast. Yes, I yes. To spell that out in case uh, there are listeners who aren't listening to the AEW pod. Which I, you know, I listen to a weekly. I recommend. I think the only one I didn't listen to was one with like a games designer or some shit. I don't care about that. Anyway, um, the Billy so Cody did nothing for me, but that's where I'm at. Did I listen to that one? If I did, it was like in one ear, right out the other. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, Cody was talking about how with with the AEW games launch, they're talking about who's going to be on the cover, who's going to be the cover athlete, sort of thing. And you know, he wants it to be something where people strive to be that guy. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, if you look at something that WWE does, where well, I think they they may do cover athletes still. I don't know. Um, they, but they do. I'll, they do a lot of the things that they do in terms of their promotions yeah in in uh, in terms of advertising and things like that it's just one big poster with 30 fucking dudes on there and yeah. chicks dude, dude ladies and gentlemen uh on there man dudes and dudes lady dudes that's the one that's yeah. the one uh so yeah the fact that they don't have or don't put focus on building another guy, yeah. uh, something that we talked about over the past years of this show, is that you know everybody is kind of at the same level and nobody really is up there, and they're all interchangeable, and that's that's part of the problem with WWE, uh, you know, s- systemically that they've yet to yet to. Uh, Correct. I mean, I guess Roman Reigns kind of being pushed as much as you can to be that guy. Uh, you know, Drew McIntyre had the run. Randy Orton's fucking there. Uh, yeah. But there's, it's just, I, I, I don't know. I went off on a, on a tangent there, but, um, but, but basically, the, the what I'm saying boils down is, to is the Vince brand is cunt. above all. Well, oh. yes. Well, but the yeah. brand is above all, and 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 there is a a, a massive lack of building behind a guy because the two things that WWE builds around every year when you talk about the video game is there's someone on the cover who is usually a very obvious main event guy who they've been throwing at us for years but also they tend to randomly throw in here's the legend that is your pre-order DLC for the game so it's you know you get a Goldberg you get a a Sting you get an Ultimate Warrior you get all of these people and Hey, it's cool that they throw it back to nostalgia, but no one gives a shit about seeing that and going, hey, I want to I wanna then watch TV with this. Um, yeah. For as much as people look back fondly, and, and I know, again, we're, we're kind of taking a tangent, uh, people look back fondly on the Attitude Era or the late 90s Monday Night War Era. If you ask me what was one of the catalysts of people getting into wrestling at the time, it's the video games. People played those games like crazy. Your your WCW NWO Revenge, your No Mercies, your War Zones, your Smackdowns, all of that. People War Zone was my shit. Yeah, but people played these games. They got into the games. They wanted to see more with the characters, so they started watching Raw and Nitro on Monday nights. Yeah. And when you have a game that is basically built on the altar of 
uh, here's a legend. Here's our random top guy who may or may not be the same top guy who we've had for the past eight years in a Randy Orton. Uh, there's not a lot to gravitate to. Also, there's 96 fucking characters in the game these days. And who really gives a shit about half of them at a point? I mean, it's you know cool what? Put, they... the, put the hurt business on the top on the front cover. Yes, all right. Yes. You'll you'll move some copies. Yeah. You know what? Fuck it. Just call it Def Jam Presents WWE 2K22. <laughs> like, just just do that. Um, especially if they got the Def Jam engine. Do you ever play the Def Jam fighting games, Chris? I I, I've, I have played them in the past. How about if they do like a Marvel versus Capcom thing? Capcom thing and do WWE versus Def Jam. Hell you yeah! You can get fucking Method Man fighting uh, Roman Reigns, and I'm here for it. That's infinitely better than them half-assing a Mustafa Ali model and throwing it in and charging in it for DLC. That right. I, I I think this is a much better way of doing things. But the thing that is so weird about all of this is. You have these stars who even build a name in they, they somehow get over beyond where their spot is on television. Like Zelina Vega has all of these Twitch followers, all these YouTube followers, all of these. Well, um, I mean, and, and, and look, part of it is definitely due to the fact that she's a very attractive young woman. Credit where credit is due. Yeah. But still, she, she gets over. Despite how she's presented on WWE television, yes. and WWE's first act is to be like, "That's ours." Yeah, give it to those, us. Those titties, those titties belong to us. Yeah, and if you're going to put them out there scantily clad or barely covered up, we want to cut. Um, which you know, as an independent contractor, should not be the case. Yeah, uh, if they were full on employees with all the benefits involved, maybe they have an argument there and we wouldn't be putting up so much of a stink. But that's not the case. And, you know, like you said, it all comes down to the green. And if Vince McMahon is getting less of a cut than he thinks he deserves, there's going to be a situation. And there was a situation and there may, may be more. I mean, after what happened with Selena Vega, I'm surprised Paige hasn't been um, – you know, Completely penalized yeah. or shit canned or, or whatever. I mean, from, from what I understand, they were kind of keeping her on as as a favor. Or not, I don't know if favor is the right word, but as, it, as it a, makes both sides look good because she got right. Hurt. She got irreparably injured in their ring. Right. Um, yeah. So Zelina got fired before SmackDown and on SmackDown on Friday, they were having a fatal four way uh, to determine the next member of the women's team for the Survivor Series match. And it was Natalia, Tamina, Liv Morgan, and, in what I am assuming, because we got a random debut here, what was supposed to be Zelina Vega's spot, the debut of Chelsea Green. Oh, cursed. Who had been called up to the main roster easily six months ago. Yeah. Oh, actually, almost six months ago. The last time she had been on television was May 27th on NXT. Lord. Then she got called up. She had her first match in six months. She ends up taking a bump to the outside and breaking her wrist. Oof. She was supposed to win the match. Uh. <laughs> they called an audible and put Liv Morgan over. Okay. Uh, well, you know. How lucky. much does life suck if you are Chelsea Green? You yeah, that's have a bummer. You have all of this heat behind you. You have all this ex excitement behind you around all in. You are one of the four women in the big women's four way that was to showcase the future of female professional wrestling. Yeah. The hot mess was super over. I'm sure AEW 
or Tony Khan, because it wasn't AEW at the time, knock it on her door saying, we would love to bring you in for this. She took the risk. She left Impact. She said, I'm going to do my own thing. But instead, she goes to WWE. She goes to WWE. She signs NXT because her uh, boyfriend is there, soon to be fiance. It's uh-huh. like, okay, I've got my people here. She ends up in NXT. She gets put together in a team with Deanna Perrazzo, which actually could have been good. Yeah. It gets some internet buzz around them. They get shown in the crowd during the big USA premiere. They do literally nothing with them for months Uh beyond that one shot of like, oh, look who's in the crowd. Deanna gets let go. Her fiance gets let go. She's still there. Yeah. They start to push her a little bit with Robert Stone. Apparently they like it enough that they go, hey, you know what? We're going to bump you up to the main roster. The sweat equity was all worth it. Yes, her fiance's gone. Yes, her friend's gone. Maybe she would have had this bigger moment in AEW, but you know what? She's going to be a WWE superstar. So instead, she gets to sit around and do fuck all for six months. Well, and when she gets called up, she breaks her wrist within minutes. And now she gets to sit around and watch Zack Ryder play with fucking toys. Uh, <laughs> so congratulations, Chelsea. <laughs> uh, maybe he's good in bed. I don't know. I don't know. I, it's such a weird combination to me. I don't yeah, know. I, I, I don't understand it myself. But you know what? Uh, I, I still don't understand how I'm married. So, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't understand why you're married either. It's absolutely <laughs> weird to me. Uh, you also forgot that she did have a, a, a sip of coffee in Lucha Underground That's as true. Reclusa. That's at the how very end of uh, yes how dare you yes. uh, okay i'm personally offended that you forgot <laughs> on this five-year anniversary of me being at the temple for season two uh thank you time hop for reminding me of that uh, <laughs> man i miss that show <laughs> I, I know you do but what a goddamn atrocious mess this is a hot mess if you will yeah and and it's just sad to see and you know what's funny to me the 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 abject lie of the promise of WWE continues to be sold to many. Alex Zane signed this week. The Rascals leaving Impact. Two-thirds heading to NXT. Is that confirmed or is that uh, all but? said it's all but done. So two-thirds going to NXT. One-third between AEW and NXT. Probably who's the NXT. Uh, who's the one third in the in in the crosshairs? Yes, uh, I I always forget their names. So um, bu- 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 uh, Desmond something is there? Uh, De- Desmond, Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz are pretty much confirmed. Uh, Trey Miguel is the one that okay. is in between two. Um, so at, at least two thirds of the radicals, uh, or not radicals, rascals, the new radicals. radicals. Yes. The new radicals. They, they get what they give. Somebody uh, get Trey, Trey Miguel a mop. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, the rascals, two thirds of them are, are pretty much going to NXT. And look, if it, if it was the better money deal, I get it. I, I, in 2020, in this era, it's not like you can go and make a living on the indies and keep your your name afloat. You have to look at the dollars and cents of things. And right now, I'm sure WWE is giving more dollars and cents because they will outspend everybody just to make sure yeah. other people don't have them. But at the same time, you are putting yourself 
on the shelf for an indefinite period of time where when you're done, you will be colder than you were when you got there. Yeah. What's Ricochet up to these days? Yeah. Ricochet looked like one of the greatest professional wrestlers in the world when he was a free agent. Now he's a literal goof. Like he's, he means nothing. He yeah. means that he is the first and so far only person to be defeated by a member of retribution in a match. Uh, retribution. What a joke that shit is. Yeah. Retribution <clears throat> has lost every match possible except for the one-on-one match with Ali and Ricochet. Cool. That's where we're at. Yeah. And this is why I don't watch anymore. This is why I don't give Vince McMahon, aside from the 20 minutes we spend talking about him here, uh, any attention or money or, or he's not getting a cut from this podcast because we make like 20 bucks a month. So, it's you know, if, if Vince McMahon came knocking because I was talking about his product project product, I'd tell him to uh, product. Project. product yeah, I'd, I'd tell him to, uh, you know, kiss the hairiest portion of my ass. Yeah. So, you know, which, by the way, is closer to the taint than you would think. But good news, uh, Nikki and Brie Bella are open to one final run in WWE. So, you know, at least we got that going for us. You anyway. Know, you know what? Dare I say, hot take coming. Yeah. The Bella Twins are the last stars made by WWE. It's hard to argue. They've transcended pro wrestling. It's hard to argue. Yeah. Like, their their goddamn birth announcements get people to... Uh, People magazine coverage and, and yeah. got their show on E. I mean, Becky Lynch might be next closest. Not, but not even but in not, the same not stratosphere. The same level because it's not like there's a Becky Lynch reality show or two Becky Lynch reality shows right. on E or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, the Bella Twins are the last stars. You know, it, it goes Stone Cold, The Rock, John Cena, Bella Twins. Well, uh, because I don't want to do a full uh, breakdown of the episode, I just want to angrily continue to rant about a, a bit of WWE booking. Let's jump really quick. Into some NXT. So, Chris, this week they crowned a new North American champion. Oh, yeah. I saw this on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So Johnny Gargano comes out at the top of the show and he does a, another spin the wheel, make the deal gimmick. And he said it's going to be the guy who he faces to defend a North American title. And they're pushing this idea that Johnny Gargano is cursed with the North American title. He, he can win it, but he can't defend it. Yeah, okay. Because the other time he had it, he lost it in his first defense. So they're basically trying to run back what they've been doing with Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's literally just a wheel full of jobbers. That's the gag. Leon okay. Ruff, uh, an AR Fox trainee. Uh, mm-hmm. has recently been signed by uh, NXT. Uh, he's been literally a job guy. He weighs easily 120 pounds soaking wet. Um, he ends up getting the rub and wins the North American Championship. Okay. So you have the belt on a complete comedy guy. This is the first time that any NXT title has basically just been treated as a gag. Even for as much as they tried to push Dexter Loomis as a guy, they never put right. a belt on him. So uh, Leon Ruff is now uh, king of North American pro wrestling, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, yes. So you've got a world champion who can't be on television because uh, he broke his jaw, although he's supposed to be on NXT next week. you got a North American champion who's a joke, but hey, at least you still got Io Shirai as women's champion and one and 2 is the tag champions. Oh, did they, when did they beat Fandango? Oh, that's right. They beat Fandango when they formed with Pat McAfee, didn't they? Yes. 
Okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry, Dango. No, no, it's okay. Rizango. But yeah, I, I like one and two. Have they formally announced the War Games match? No. No. Still. Isn't that like next weekend? Uh, I think we've got two weekends. It's, it, it's next weekend. Thanksgiving weekend. I think so. Maybe I'm oh, wrong. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought it was next week. I don't. I don't fucking know. WWE <laughs> NXT Takeover. So they there are are they are they back to doing the Saturday takeovers then? If that uh, that's the I case, because Survivor so. Series is next weekend, right? Um, hang on, I'm I'm taking a look when the next one is. Oh, the next one is not until December sixth, so it's going to be its own its own weekend. It's not going to oh. be Survivor okay. Series weekend. So um, okay, it, it's a Sunday. So it's this. It's the, okay. Uh, Sunday after Thanksgiving weekend. But War Games has not been announced. Not officially yet, no. Okay. All signs, if you, you shake the NXE Magic 8 ball, all signs point to War Games. Yes. November is War Games. It's, okay. Or, or I guess in this case, December, it's going to be War Games. But yeah, is, the is there, years, it's, been, it's been War Games. Is there anything else of note happening? What's uh, what's a Bronson Reed up to? What's a, a, a Cameron Grimes up to? Or uh, Cameron Grimes got uh, taken down by zombies in the uh, uh, haunted uh-huh. house match that they had with uh, Dexter Loomis. Okay. Bronson okay. Reed isn't doing anything of note beyond uh, calling out racists on his Twitter. Okay, I'm sure respect is a uh, uh, hint towards someone who he shares a uh, gym with. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people doing nothing on NXT. A, okay, a lot of people. so yeah, keep bringing in new people. Keep, yeah, keep keep, just keep, keep stacking, stacking them up. up. Yeah, these things have a rack shelf life. Them and stack them. They are they are uh, um, not um, non perishable. They are yeah. they are very perishable here, uh, both uh, physically and in terms of reputation, as we alluded to earlier. So yeah, shit's a mess. And I'm not here. I'm not gonna sit here and say that everything that AEW is doing is perfect and amazing. No, uh, looking at you, gonna, women's division. I think we're gonna um, tear apart at least one segment this week. And, you know, even New Japan has, you know, evils continued uh, dominance in 2020 is still a really weird fucking thing. But, um, you know, I don't think either of those two companies meet the egregious nature nature of everything that is happening in WWE. But, you know, as much as we hate it, we don't want to spend the whole hour talking anti WWE. We already did 30 minutes. That's enough. Fuck Vince McMahon. Yeah. Fuck Linda. And um, I miss when Stephanie McMahon wore her big titty shirts. You know what? I'm glad I'm not the only one who had a, had a weird thing for Stephanie McMahon. Oh, she was wearing those tight shirts with her titties popping out. God damn. Slap them around like sugar. <laughs> Go ahead and talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, because uh, we, we kicked off uh, World Tag League and Best of the Super Juniors this morning. This week, I, though, uh, we I, got the actual lineup of the World Tag League and also the first three confirmed matches for Wrestle Kingdom 15. So let's yep. run through those real quick. Uh, confirmed for Wrestle Kingdom 15, which will be July or July. January. Yeah. Fourth uh, and fifth at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, January 4th, we'll have Kota Abushi facing Tetsuya Naito for the IWGB double titles. And the winner will face Jay White on January 5th. So uh, yep. th- those are your two big main events. But also officially signed is Will Ospreay versus Kazuchika Okada. For January 4th. So, uh, for the 4th. Okay. All right. So that's probably going to be one of the marquee matches. Probably top three, yes, I'd yes. imagine. 
definitely will be. And, and it's a very, very big moment for Will Ospreay. Say what you yeah. will about the guy outside of the ring. In the ring, he's been getting it done. And it's very clear that New Japan is super behind him as he's, I mean, he's transcended being the top junior. He's, yeah. He had his stint in the never uh, uh, division. He's mm-hmm. now a full heavyweight and he gets to go one-on-one with like the king god of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So Yeah, and he has his own faction, which has grown by one as of this morning. Yes, so. which we'll talk about in just a moment. So the full lineup for the World Tag League is the following teams. Finn Juice, that's mm-hmm. Juice Robinson and David Finley. Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr., a.k.a. the Dangerous Techers. Where did that name come from? I was trying to... I Dangerous Techers. I don't know. I really yeah, no, okay. All right. I was wondering, I, I, sh- I mean, I could have just as easily Googled it, but I, you know, I was watching it uh, or this morning and I'm like, where the fuck did this name come from? I don't know. I don't know. I'll look it up. The G.O.D., Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga and Tangaloa making their return. Yeah. Um, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toa Hanare, big bump for Hanare there. Um, yep. Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto. Uh, Toriyano and Tamahiro Ishii. Weird combination of that. Yeah, um, well, um, the Chaos Outcasts. They yes. don't fit in any other thing going on right now. So, yeah. uh, Shingo Takagi and Sonata. Evil and Yujiro yeah. Takahashi. Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens. The absolute dog turd duo of the tournament. <laughs> and Great Okan and X. As we were going to get a new member of the Empire Revealed for this first show. Now I have not yet watched it, Chris, so I'm going to uh, lean on you to well, I didn't watch, watch it. I skipped, I skipped, you know, 15 seconds here. Watch watch 30 seconds. Skip ahead 15 seconds. Watch well, 30 seconds. I don't blame you considering the first match on the card today was Tamahiro Ishii and Toriano versus bad luck. Fala and Chase Owens. It's so, crazy because Ishii like ruled the G one in yes. terms of match quality. And yeah. then he's, Jerking the curtain here. Actually, was that match first, or was that, or is Wado and Yumura first? Uh, Wado and Yumura was match that was first. Two. Yes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. You had Ishii go from the highest of highs with like the most star ratings in G One or whatever mm-hmm. uh, to here with Fale and fucking Chase Owens, and he didn't even factor into the pin uh, <laughs> <laughs> because it was Yano getting a very Yano type pin. He and Ishii essentially um, knocked Fale down. Went for Yano went for a pin, but then knew that uh, Chase Owens was behind him to, for a splash to break it up. So he moves. So then Owens splashes Fale, and then Yano covers both of them for the three count. It was a very Yano victory and a, and a very not good match. And it looks like uh, with the uh, possible, let me see, how long did the main event? Yeah, with the exception of the main event, everything was very, very quick on this show. Um, yeah, yeah, the main event had some time, maybe a little yeah. too much time. But we'll get to that. So five and a half minutes for the opener. Then in four minutes and 15 seconds, Master Watto uh, in Best of the Super Juniors action defeated Yuya Yamura. Of course, Yamura ended up being the replacement uh, for um, Yoshinobu Yoshinobu Kanemaru, who has a knee injury. Um, The Observer Review says, quote unquote, this was great. Was it great, Chris? great is maybe an overstatement but yeah. for as as quick as it was i think it was pretty good um you know i honestly it's it's kind of bad when the young lion is staging up your your new uh <laughs> your new character sort of thing mm-hmm. yugi yamura is a fucking stud and when he you know 
goes on ex- excursion and comes back, he's going to be fucking dope. Like I, I, I really think he has potential to be uh, one of the top guys years down the line. Um, and it's a good opportunity for him to come in and, uh, you know, be a young lion in a major tournament. So he, he ate the L here, but I don't think anybody was too surprised about that. You know, yeah. Watto still uh, getting a push initially. Yeah, and, and, and Yumura is probably going to just be lost post yeah. throughout the entire tournament. Like He may pull it, up a surprise victory on somebody, on like right. fucking um, Taguchi or something like that. Right, right, right. But but yeah, he's he's not going to go far. But still, he gets a chance to showcase what he can be. And, you know, like I said, this match was not uh, long, but both guys hit some cool shit and it was it was solid. Yeah. I wouldn't say great, but solid. Yeah. So then in two and a half minutes, the team of Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toa Hanare <laughs> eat their first loss as they face the Empire duo of Great Okan and Jeff Cobb. Yeah, as you predicted. Well yeah. done. <laughs> Cobb ended up being the mystery guy. I, I like Cobb and the team. Um, you know, they they need kind of a shit kicker in that group. Um, not <laughs> even though you, you would think by looking at him, Great Ocon would be that guy. Yeah, no, he's not quite there yet. <laughs> he changed his gear though. He got he, he got rid of the uh, Sultan pants and is just uh, to trunks now. So that's that's a start. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's getting there. Uh, the, the, they're, they're trying to uh, improve. We'll, we'll we'll see how it plays out. Uh, but yeah, Fall then, Guy Hanare takes the takes the tour of the islands there. Yes. Then best of the Super Juniors action, uh, Robbie Eagles gets the pin over Doki. I actually kind of enjoyed this one. Um, it's good to see Robbie Eagles back. I'm kind of kind of bummed thinking about it now that the uh, the Birds of Prey tag team with uh, Eagles and Osprey is RIP, uh, um, unless he ends up joining the Empire eventually. But um, definitely could happen. I mean, any any good stable needs not just heavyweight representation, but also some juniors. So yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this match. There was a really, you know, Doki has his uh, pipe, lead pipe thing that he likes to to use. And he had like he was choking him, um, Eagles with it and then like kind of did like a, a neck breaker mm-hmm. with it. It was it was pretty innovative on the outside. Uh, but yeah, some, some good high flying there. And, um, you know, good to see both of these guys back. But uh, I'm, I'm an Eagles guy. So uh, that's that was good. Happy for that. Solid then, match. Uh, that was in ten and a half minutes, and also in ten and a half minutes, World Tag League action: Tai Chi and Zack Saber Jr., uh, former tag champions, defeating the team of Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Um, former tag? I thought Tai Chi uh, and ZSA were the champs. Oh wait, they are still the tag champs. Okay, all right. I thought that right. I, for some reason I thought they had lost them, but they hadn't. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. My bad. No, that's okay. That's okay. I was like, wait, wait a second. Uh, yeah, it was a, and they won with a uh, surprise uh, roll up. ZSJ rolled up. Uh, shocker. Yoshihashi. Uh, but there was actually some really fun tandem action in this match. Yoshihashi and Goto worked really well together. Yoshihashi continuing his uh, his hot streak coming off the G1 here and looked looked pretty solid in there. Um, you know, if it, it got to the point where I think they further sold it as a fluke because Tai Chi never got to the point where he ripped his pants off. Yes. Uh, the pinfall <laughs> happened with the pants still on. So, you know, yeah. that's that's what they're going for there. Yeah, that, that's where the power lies in Tai Chi. Yes. And I realized why I got confused. Uh, Saber ate the pin at um, Power Struggle 
Uh, oh, that was a, yeah. yeah, but that was a singles match, not for right. The tag pro belts. wrestling, so right. That explains why I was like, I know I saw Saber get pinned recently, and that's yeah. when and why it happened. To anyway, the king of pro wrestling, yes, yes, the noted dare king you. of pro wrestling, uh, Toriano, um, just weeks away from being crowned full on king of pro wrestling for the year twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, best of the Super Juniors action show defeating Bushi. Uh, again, this was good. Uh, I was going to say described as the best match of the night so far. Um, yes. Yeah, I would agree with that show. I think uh, my top two guys to win this tournament, best of super juniors, are show and Hiromu. Yeah. Um, I think those those are the two guys to beat. Uh, you know, Ishimori coming in as champ uh, looked good. We'll get to that match in a minute. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, show show came out hot, looked good. Everything was crisp. Bushi was a, a worthy opponent, had some cool stuff in there, too. Really, uh, you know, uh, interesting Venom mask. His mask game is always interesting. Um, it, it's easy to forget because he's been lost post for LIJ for forever. But Bushi yeah. actually is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> he is. And, uh, you know, fall guy Bushi again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but B- Bushi and El Desperado are like one one a of like they're actually good i swear <laughs> i think it comes across a lot easier for despy to be taken as cool and awesome than it does right, bushy right. at this point yeah. um, he doesn't get tossed into all the six mans as the guy that gets pinned so right exactly uh, and despy just looks cooler too uh very true but uh but yeah good for show wins with the shock arrow which is a awesome looking move still um yeah. so yeah go show Definitely still a little bummed that show didn't get that uh, random G1 appearance this year. But yeah, that's me because I, I loved him in, in the junior or not junior. The uh, new the Japan Cup. Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then world tag back to world tag league action. Evil and Yujiro Takahashi against Sonata and Shingo. The Bullet Club team getting the win. Uh, I'm going to quote the Observer review. This was excellent. Whenever Shingo was in, he was determined to drag Evil and Yujiro to a good match. He wasn't in much, unfortunately. Man, that, yes. A million percent <laughs> co-signed. I literally fast forward anytime Shingo wasn't in the ring. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, Sonata kind of seems like he's back on his autopilot after losing at the uh, finals of the G1. And it's much more of the same with Yujiro and Dick Togo and Evil at this point. I'm completely over it. Yeah, uh, Understandably so. Back to the best. Well, Sonata the takes the pin there, by the yeah, way, which definitely interesting. After um, um, everything is evil, yeah, and a low blow, uh, and a low blow. It was a, it was not a great looking. Everything is evil. That move can look awesome. Yes, I don't know which of them's fault it was. Probably more Sonata's, I think, for not totally getting his body down. But yeah, right. it, it did not look great. Best of the Super Juniors action. Raisuke Taguchi got the win over El Desperado. Yeah, it was a roll up. Uh, so it wasn't like a definitive knockout or anything like that. Uh, but a competitive match, um, Despy, you know, is, is great as we mentioned a minute ago, but, um, you know, he's probably going to have a 50, 50 type booking this tournament. I, I'd imagine. Yeah. Uh, I'm one of the matches I definitely want to see from, uh, this morning's show, uh, back to the world tag league, juice Robinson and David Finley going against Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa. How was that? It was dope. I mean, these guys, it was basically a tornado match because there was yeah. not many tags and everybody was just yeah. hitting all kinds of shit on each other. So, yeah. you know, if you're into that sort of thing, which I am, uh, very, very much enjoyed it. Uh, you know, still weird to see Tamatonga clean shaven. Uh, yeah, I don't like it. Uh, I don't like it. So does it's just weird. I don't know. I, I don't. 
Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, it gives me the, the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not like this is their first match back. They've been doing stuff in uh, in, in the New Japan Strong in California, mm-hmm. so they're you know they're back at form, and this was a really fun competitive match. Um, and uh, Finjuice picks up the W. Very, very nice. Then the main event of the evening, Hiromu Takahashi and Taiji Ishimori. Uh, rematch of the Best of the Super Juniors final from 2017, 2018, something like that. Uh, and rematch from uh, Jingu Summer Struggle where Ishimori beat Hiromu for this title. Um, and Hiromu got the win back right here by uh, by outlasting uh, Ishimori's multiple submission yes lock attempts and, and, and other things. There were some – Pretty wicked spots here. Ishimori hit a spike pile driver on like the corner of the apron that looked Yikes. absolutely brutal. Um, yeah, there was uh, it, it was a pretty it was a pretty hard hitting match. I feel like I feel like it maybe went five minutes too long. Maybe that's just because I was under the crunch to get the match in before we started recording, <laughs> uh, and still have time to make myself a peanut butter and jelly and a cup of coffee. But um, but it 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 was good. I don't think it was as good as the Jingu match. But I feel like, like I said earlier, Hiromu definitely is the, the number one favorite to win this tournament. And if we get a rematch of these two again at Wrestle Kingdom, I, I feel like it'll be uh, it'll be fireworks again. Fingers and toes crossed that we do get one. Uh, sounds like a hell of a show. I'm very much looking forward to checking it out at some point today, uh, as I don't want to be too far behind as we've got a few uh, shows this week. Yeah, uh, part of that tournament. But hey, let's talk about uh, the other big show of the week, which was the post full gear AEW Dynamite. Complete with new uh, new intro. Yeah, new intro, new graphics. Um, Cody uh, Cody Rhodes on the aforementioned AEW Unrestricted podcast was talking about how this is season two of AEW now. Um, and, uh, weird time to kick off a second season, but okay. I, I agree. And what I will say is for a post pay-per-view show though, we did have, uh, a surprise return at the end of the show. Mm -hmm. It did not really feel like there was a lot of momentum or Um, action. I think it was a lack of action that did that. Yeah. Like there were matches and the matches were good, but it, it, it didn't feel like we were putting into place, all of the puzzle pieces for the big year-end explosion. Yes, it's very clear that we're building to a huge dynamite on December 2nd. More on that in a few minutes. But as a whole, it was just like, this was a fine dynamite. But it didn't feel like that there was that exciting, ridiculous momentum of, oh my god, we're after a pay-per-view, there's new champions, everything is happening right now. Like, it just was, it, it was, it was fine. Yeah, it definitely did not have that Raw after WrestleMania feel. Yes, uh, yes. It, it was definitely lacking there. And it was more, I feel like they spent more time jerking themselves off about full gear than they did uh, setting, bit, up, yeah. setting up the future, which... Yeah. You know, I, I I get it. You guys were happy with the show. You can you be happy sell with the those show. Replays. Yeah, sell the replays. Why not? But um, yeah, uh, you know, set set the table a little more. You know, yeah. you have you have some cards reshuffled. Uh, Making you know deal. All right. Right. Uh, show kicks off with Brian Cage versus Matt Seidel. Taz comes out 
cuts a promo uh, addressing Darby Allen, who was continuing Bobby. to be uh, not quite Sting, hanging out in the rafters. Yeah. Uh, told Darby, it's like lazy millennial Sting. He's yes. just like chilling. <laughs> told, told, told Darby not to uh, interfere in the match. Tell Cody Rhodes the same thing. But Taz did put over Matt Seidel, and uh, that was a sign of the match, which was a really good back-and-forth match. Nice showcase for both Cage and Seidel, including the craziest fucking finish. As Matt Seidel goes for a top rope blockbuster, Cage catches him out of midair and right? hits the drill claw. Yeah, he catches him in a supl- basically in a suplex position. Yes. Which is fucking insane. Uh, you know, Seidel's what, 170 maybe? 180? Yeah, yeah. He's definitely a 205 liver. Um, and... Compared to other guys on the roster, he doesn't weigh that much. And, and, and I will say, like if it was, if it was Dabby... Uh, it, it'd be way less impressive. Correct. But this was still very impressive. Uh, it was. It was. I mean, if he did it with Brody Lee, I'd be shitting my pants. But <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, that's a lot. That's a, that's a lot of beef. Which does remind me, where is Brody Lee? Where did I go? saw? I saw a link. I didn't click it because it was from a non-reputable fo- uh, source, but something about a possible injury to Brody Lee. Mm, um, okay. But I mean, again, non non-reputable source, and I'm not going to give them the click uh, yeah. to see what it was. But it's I a know rumor. He and Cody beat about. the shit out of each other in that chain match. So yeah, I get. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and, and also probably want to sell that, but, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm missing Brody Lee, especially in, uh, during being the elite. Yes, <laughs> very, very much so. So, uh, after the match, Ricky Starks, who is seriously so goddamn good at it, cuts a promo talking about how they're, uh, in the singles rankings now. And he said that the revolution will be televised. <laughs> so, it's a uh, solid line. Yeah. So we, I, uh, I did enjoy his promo. I like his promo style. It's very... It's it's dickish but natural. You know, yes. it doesn't come off as forced at all. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound like a guy cutting a wrestling promo. Right. Uh, but speaking of a guy cutting a wrestling promo, after two and a half minutes, here comes Cody Rhodes to congratulate Dobby on his championship victory. Um, okay, I, I I know I've I've mocked Cody a lot, and and I will continue to do so. I've got to mock him again here. When you have a match. To have the pageantry, I understand. When you are cutting, coming out to cut a promo, we don't need the intro into the intro into the intro into your music. Yeah. Like, Agreed. There's no reason why we need the long, you know, orchestral, choral, chanting bullshit into the VO, into the song. Just hit the fucking song. <laughs> And especially like if they were in an arena full of people, yeah, maybe because you want to hear that pop regardless. Right. There were a couple hundred people in Daly's place. So, you know, it's not uh, you're not really getting that uh, guttural, visceral reaction you were hoping for. And it's a bit. Uh, it, well, it's very self-indulgent. Yes. So Cody comes out. He cuts this promo. He congratulates Darby and he says, you know what? I'm not seeking a rematch, but. There is another rematch that I want. I want to avenge my loss against MJ. And as he's about to say MJF, this tall, ripped black lady pops up. She'd been in, she'd been in the crowd previously. Mm-hmm. But I have no idea who she is. And I don't know why she's there. And she's just like walking into the ring in the middle of this guy's promo. You're like, what yeah. the f- is this like yeah. security? Yeah. <laughs> What's what, happening what here? Happening? 
but she uh, says uh, she's she is Jade Cargill. And she is, a distant relative of Russ Cargill. Yes, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I thought too. <laughs> and called herself the total package. At which point, Lex Luger peed himself in rage. Um, well, I think that's because he's incontinent now. Yeah, I don't yeah. Think it's because he was going to pee himself anyway. It's just that's what triggered it in this instance. Uh, and she your incontinental starts... champion. <laughs> God damn it, that, that would be the out. I'm sorry. <laughs> that would be the I'm out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's so, terrible. So she's coming out and she's confronting Cody. And I've got to be honest, I thought we were about to go full TNA. I thought it was going to be, uh-huh. oh, here's another attractive black woman that it turns out Cody's been sleeping with on the side. Yeah. I, I was, I, I was, I was like, oh, God, that. no. Because oh, Cody's going to shoot no. some eyeballs, too. Like, yeah. clearly he has a type. Um yes. And yeah, she definitely fits that bill. But yeah, she comes out and her promo was not great. No. Uh, her like delivery she, was not great. She has the confidence in the look, but not the follow through. Like it's. Yeah. You, you could tell she was remembering her lines. There were pacing issues with it for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and like, again, she was kind of, I, I feel like. She rehearsed it that way. They rehearsed it that way for her to get a crowd reaction, but there wasn't and, that many people in the crowd to garner and, any reaction. And she got it at times, especially when yeah. she said, uh, you know, Cody wants to topple Giants, but there's nothing giant about Cody. Womp womp. Um, yeah. You know. So she cuts this promo. She walks away, but <sighs> then she's on the entrance ramp and she continues cutting the same fucking promo. Yeah. And, oh, by the way. Oh, oh, by yeah. By the way, you know, you're, you're too scared to go by just one name. And the giant I'm representing isn't. His name is Shaq. Yeah. Fucking Shaq's going to work a match with Cody? What the fuck? I mean, I remember (laughs) seeing something when Shaq was promoting his show that came on after Dynamite every week about wanting to work a match. And And he was supposed to work a match years ago with the big show. The big show. And there yeah. was a whole back and forth about how, like, WWE got pissed off that they didn't get in the right amount of shape or something like that for it. Uh, whatever. Uh, I mean, yeah. look, the, if they time it right, because I think the NBA season is supposed to start in a few weeks, they could get some promo for this on NBA on TNT and make it a thing. Which, sure. It's, and it's a very synergistic thing to do. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. And of the possible celebrity versus wrestler matches that AEW has pitched at us this year. This is a world's less worrisome match versus Chris Jericho against Mike Tyson. Agreed. I agreed. And I I think this would move more needles than say back in the day you had DX against the castle Pacific blue. Um, You know, (laughs) this is Shaq we're talking about. I mean, he's a world renowned athlete and personality. I mean, the guy is a character I, you know he's very entertaining i actually watched a couple uh bits of that uh shack show and it was pretty interesting i mean yeah. the guy you know he 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 is a personality and i think doing this yeah it's gimmicky uh and yeah it's been done before i mean you know bam bam lt and mr t and muhammad Ali. You know, the, Pro wrestling has a wide history of having sports athletes come in uh, from other sports to do wrestling matches. Right, right. So it's it's not a, it's not a new thing, um, and I think you know it it it's 
was really, you know, aside from the match, probably not being super great. Although yeah. I, I feel like Cody could do enough, you know, in bumping for Shaq and stuff like that to yeah. make it entertaining. It's a win-win. I mean, why yeah. wouldn't you do something like this? I, I, you know, it's not going to be a five-star classic. No. But if it gets more eyes to tune in on a Wednesday night and exposes AEW to a whole new, you know, group of people – uh, yeah. basketball fans or, you know, people who just see this on sports center. Cause you know, if Shaq and Cody get into a pull apart, it's going to show up on sports center and that's right, what they're looking right. for. Yeah. They, they want the Tyson Austin moment. Right. I just don't know if, if there is anyone now that can deliver that. I don't, uh, cause I don't think Cody is a Steve Austin and I don't think Shaq is a Mike Tyson. I, I don't think either have the air of legitimacy or danger or, or anything that, like when when it was Tyson and Austin, you had literally the most violent professional human being, yeah, one on one with a guy who felt like a wild animal as a professional wrestler. There was yeah. there was an air of danger to their conflict because this was before Crash TV was so played out. It was an angle that felt like it could have been legitimate. It wasn't. Right. But it had an air of legitimacy to it. This has an air of corporate synergy. So it's going to be Shaq's wrestling playtime starring Cody Rhodes. And I'm fine with it, but I think they're barking up the wrong tree. But that said, this segment after that moment kept going. Yeah, but it fucking ruled. Well, it did. And then it just kept going into another thing. So Brandy comes out. And yeah. she goes full, bitch, you don't talk about my man that way, which yeah, was, it was awesome. Out fucking standing. The best thing Brandy Rhodes has ever done. That's when Brandy's at her best. I remember her cutting that promo talking shit to uh, Sean Spears on, on the build to um, oh, yeah. uh, All Out last year. And she was great then. And she's great here. It makes me a little worried. That's going to be a mixed tag match. But that's okay. That's okay. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let it be what it is, and it and it's gonna be three stars at best, and I'm fine. It's gonna be fine. But then the angle continued. Yeah. As here comes Brian Cage, and here comes Ricky Starks, and here comes Darby Allen, and here comes a build to a tag match, which is a tag match that I wanna see, but I don't need a fucking segment to build three stories at once and not even in an interesting way in a like here's the Shaq Cody segment here's the Cargill Brandy segment here's the Cody and Darby versus Team Taz segment it was it just went on for fucking ever yeah i mean really they could have solved this whole scrum by just saying have Cody come out and say oh by the way Starks and Cage next week Darby and i got your ass in the ring could have said Boom, that at the done. top could have said yeah. that at the top. I heard you guys talking smack about me. I want to make it real clear. Well, I wouldn't settle. say talking smack. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean. I, I heard you guys <laughs> talking trash about me at the top of the show. want to make it real clear. We're going to settle this in the ring next week. Now, Boom. on to other matters. Yes. Done. Yeah. Done. Anyway. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I guess they thought of it as, you know, three birds with one stone, but it was overkill. Yeah. No, it was three birds with three stones was the problem. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> so Alex Marvez still hired, still not replaced by Justin Schlegel. Still uh, melting. 
backstage with John Moxley. Uh, Moxley puts over the uh, the title match that he had and puts over the fact that he's going to be going one on one once again with Kenny Omega. He said he's beaten Omega once, but beating him twice is another story. And they will be colliding on the December 2nd episode of Dynamite. Moxley Omega, the main event, quote-unquote, the biggest match in Dynamite history. And it's hard to argue against that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I can't think of one off the top of my head. Aside from the match later in the night, Pentagon versus Phoenix 2. True, true. (laughs) Uh, Then we had in a match that absolutely... uh, under-promised and over-delivered. It was the natural nightmares, Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall against the Butcher and Blade with the Bunny in a bunkhouse match. This match fucking ruled. I loved it. And the Blade lived up to his name. Good Lord, (laughs) did he ever. He, He like, gouged his own forehead under the ring. Like, Jesus Christ, dude. This shit was hemorrhaging. QT tried. He tried to get the Crimson Mask going. Uh, yeah. I kind of really want a Dustin Rhodes and Butcher singles program at some point. Because for a guy who is literally or was literally like a hobbyist pro wrestler. Yeah. The Butcher's really good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he and Dustin looked like they were having the time of their lives beating the crap out of each other. But yeah, this had yeah. A, all of the, the spots and. Uh, all the ridiculousness. Bunny went through a table. There was chains. There was a cowbell. There was cowbell. Uh, ladders, chairs, ladders, everything. Platform, uh, wooden platforms. Yes, uh, it, it was absolutely ridiculous. But the natural nightmares got the win, as they should in a big feud yeah. ender. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You got to have the baby face to go over there. Then we had a weird promo from Matt Hardy where he said Sammy Guevara earned his respect through all the violence. and Sammy's going to be a big star one day. Okay. Cool. Yeah. We had Thanks. the MJF inner circle induction ceremony, um, which was really just a showcase for MJF being ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Clear, clearly he's spoofing the story of one uh, Donald J. Trump talking about how he started with only a million dollar loan and you yeah. know, uh, he's here. And then also uh, read a prepared poem, which was clearly lyrics by Drake. Yeah, uh, which, I, I, which I had no idea until uh, Santana pointed it out yes. or Ortiz, whichever one. Uh, I don't remember who said it, but yeah, I was like, oh, OK, I get it. But uh, Santana and Ortiz got super pissed about it. And MJF said, I have no idea what you mean. And then said, of course, I just want to make it clear. I started from the bottom and now I'm here, which was just, <laughs> it kind of reminded me of the, that bit one I with, got. kind of reminded me of the bit with, uh, uh, Michael Keaton and the other guys where he keeps quoting TLC. <laughs> 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 and every time uh, yes. someone confronts him on, he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Those um, words just came into my mind. And then MJF said, this wasn't just to celebrate his and Wardlow's induction into their circle is also time to celebrate Chris Jericho's birthday. And in one of the legit funniest things you will see in professional wrestling, it was storming in Florida uh, uh-huh. on Wednesday night. They dropped confetti and balloons and the winds just picked them up far <laughs> away from the ring and sent them off into the Florida night. <laughs> yeah. Not great <laughs> it for felt the like a Simpsons bit. Like it did. Yeah. It was like right out of the spinal tap show yeah, essentially. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're going to Vegas. Uh, I believe they're, they were there this weekend. So I'm sure they filmed some kind of ridiculousness. Um, great idea. You know, I don't know. Send the guys yeah. to Nevada, a place that is a COVID hotspot, instead of well, faking it with the set that you clearly built for your casino video game when you announced it on Wednesday. 
what are you, what are you, what are you talking about? Uh, there's no such thing, you know, COVID, you know, the COVID that, that's, that's not real. I mean, you know, Jericho's playing shows in front of fucking, uh, thousands of people at motorcycle rallies. Yeah. Nothing happened from that. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's clearly not the highest, uh, <laughs> contingent of COVID cases around that area. Anyway, um, Alex Marvez, uh, was backstage again and still not fired, still not replaced by Justin Schlegel. Uh, he was interviewing the Young Bucks. He was flinching, expecting to get super kicked. The Bucks quickly apologized about all of that, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, they put over winning the tag belts and put over their match next week. As they said, they received a DM from a young high-flying brother duo that reminds them a lot of them. It's going to be top flight against the Young Bucks next week on Dynamite. Thanks, Jeff, for telling us about that a week early. Yeah. <laughs> you... You think if they were from Canada, they'd be called Alpha Flight? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Well done. Well done. <laughs> um, but we didn't get a puck, but we did get no. a pack later on. Yes, very true. That we did. Uh, Sean Spears had a match and defeated Scorpio Sky because I can't have anything good in this life. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, the match itself was okay. Yeah. I mean... I just, I don't get Sean Spears, man. I mean, I get it. Like, you know, had things worked out differently in our lives, Justin would be Cody and I would be Sean Spears. Uh, and <laughs> in, in which case I would get Sean Spears, but that's not what has happened. Yeah, so I don't yeah. get Sean Spears. Yeah. yeah. You're more the Pat Buck to Cody at this point. <laughs> Who's Pat Buck? <laughs> he He's, uh, well, he's now a rando guy working for WWE, but he was one of Cody's best friends. And uh, uh, yeah, he's just... Just kind of existing now, as opposed yeah. to <laughs> as opposed to being a vaguely promoted star. So I guess that's where we're at. Um, so here we are. Thanks yeah. for listening. <laughs> Again, would have been a perfect out. Anyway, um, Dasha Gonzalez is in the back. She was supposed to have an interview with Kenny Omega, but Omega left in a hurry. So then there's Alex Marvez chasing up Kenny Omega, and Omega was asked about his thoughts about being the next World Championship challenger. He said he, he needs the championship to live up to the standards of who he was. And he said, I don't know what anyone's talking about, about me having lost. Official records don't show that I ever faced John Moxley. Yeah, lights so out, baby. forward to our first match, and I'm going to win it. Yeah, that's a good, I, that's a good, uh, good I, way to spin that. I like that a match. But then Omega said he had a flight to catch. wonder what that's about. He's going to Vegas? I don't know. We'll find out soon, I'm sure. You have any hunches? I have no hunches. I, I, I'm literally unsure. I just was like, that's that's an interesting thing to just toss out there. Huh. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really think anything about it, but now now I'm now I'm pondering yeah. possibilities. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking it's a Chekhov's gun situation. I don't think they're gonna mention it without it meaning something. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, Ty Conti with her best friend Anna Jay uh, go one on one with Red Velvet with Brandy Rhodes. Uh, this was a fine and fun match. Ty Conti ends up winning. Um, her strikes are looking dope as hell lately. Uh, not only are her strikes looking dope as hell, Ty Conti got that jiggle. <laughs> Goddamn! When she hit whatever move she hit for the for the pinfall or for the for the finish, the gory and then special into a knee. Yeah, there you go. And then she she dropped down into the the actual cover. All my I, all I could see was that jiggle, and it was hypnotizing. It was like Homer running on a treadmill in front of Mulder <laughs> and Scully, hypnotizing. 
it was it was out of control. Um, we had a, another interview with Alex Marvez again. Still somehow, yeah, that guy fucking earned his paycheck on Wednesday, yeah. didn't he? He was talking all with, twenty uh, bucks an hour with the inner circle. Uh, they were celebrating with their tickets to Vegas. Sammy popped up. Sammy missed the induction oh, yeah. ceremony as he didn't get a follow up email about where it would be. MGF swore up and down he sent it. So Sammy's definitely going to get fucked over in some way next week. Speaking of next week, we're going to get Kip Sabian versus Orange Cassidy next week. We're going to have the MJF uh, and Inner Circle in Vegas bit. We're going to have, what else do we have next week for Dynamite? Well, we got Young Bucks versus Alpha Flight, or Top Flight. Uh, yes, Young Bucks versus Top Flight. Uh, we've got... Um, a tag match. Uh, yes, we've got right? no, 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 is it a tag match? No, uh, no, no, it's uh, Pac versus... Um, yes, no, Pac, wait. Well, uh I, okay. I've got the full yeah, list in getting... front of me. We've got uh, Darby and Cody versus Team Taz. Oh, yeah, that tag match. Uh, we've got uh, another match, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But just added is going to be Thunder Rosa getting a rematch for the NWA women's title against Serena Deeb. So cool. She is going to be on the show. This was not announced during Dynamite proper, but that should be good. Uh, and then we had our main event, which was Penta versus Phoenix round two. Dose. And, and this was a very different match from the first one. The first one was all about the flippy dudes. This was all about the violence and storytelling uh, as it was built around both Penta and Phoenix tearing each other's masks and beating the absolute piss out of each other. Uh, yeah. the, I, I think the overarching story was the, uh, poisonous intent of one Eddie Kingston Kingston, of course, running the stable that Penta and Phoenix are a part of Kingston on commentary, getting up in everybody's ass, fantastic, including Excalibur. fantastic work. Yeah. yeah, no, he was, he was, uh, he was, uh, verbally sparring with all three of them Yeah, and it, you know, he's very effective in positions like that, he puts over uh, by not saying anything and by dodging Shivani's questions about, you know, um, poisoning the intentions of the family and all these sorts of things. Pentagon being his best friend and turning Penta and Phoenix against each other and how these guys were a top tag team in the world. And now you have them facing off against each other. And he's like, well, we like to fight. We're going to fight. You know, they're brothers. He's my best friend. You know, a, a lot of stuff um, worked really well. And the match itself, fucking all in on that shit. Uh, those guys are legit beating the shit out of each other. Uh, they really went really far on the masks, too. I mean, you essentially saw their whole faces. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a sad <laughs> reminder that Pent is just a guy. He's not a spooky skeleton under there. I mean, I guess he's underneath his face. He's a spooky skeleton under there. Yeah, everybody but. is. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, just to see the the uh, the further pushing of the violent envelope between these two was uh, <laughs> an interesting escalation. Uh, I will say I saw Ray Phoenix uh, posted on Twitter that he wants a third match. Uh, I so do, we'll, too. So we'll see if we get that. But uh, after the match, Kingston came in, congratulated Penta and pushed Phoenix out of the ring. <laughs> that was saying, my favorite part. He like just straight up like foot shoved Phoenix out of the ring, rolling yeah. out. Said and hugs his best friend need, Pentagon. Penta doesn't need the dead weight. And then all of a sudden, old music hits as Pac returns. Hell yeah. Looking absolutely grizzled and jacked. 
And pissed. And pissed. Cuts a promo saying the the bastard's back. Kingston made a bad mistake. This turns into a big old brawl. And uh, next week we are getting the return in ring of Pack as he's going to go against the Blade. So it sounds like he's going to work his way through Kingston's family. Um, I, I think it would be prudent for them to maybe on the December 2nd episode build up to pack and phoenix against penta and kingston sure. and yeah i feel like we're going to get that death triangle revival that we desperately need uh for 2021 so uh, yeah you get death triangle back together and then you got kingston with butcher and blade and you, then you run a six-man program with yeah, it like, which more than fine with you know what if that's what yeah. they want to do for blood and guts let's do that i mean yeah fucking yeah um yeah but on a show that, that had its weird moments, the return of Pack was definitely a highlight. And next week's show sounds like it's going to be absolutely killer. Uh, so, yeah, kind of. They kind of tripped over their own feet a little bit this week. But all in all, I thought it was a fine show. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to a lot of those matches. And, you know, they're building for big stuff for 12-2. That should be should be interesting to see what pans out from there. And, um I'm trying to think for something funny to say for an out now. Now, of course, that is now, time for now an we've out. got none of them. I got fucking I got I got zero funny. The Rough House podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at Roughhouse SGW at Facebook.com slash the Rough House podcast and at Patreon.com slash the Rough House podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House redos and Rough House divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod. House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. The preceding presentation was brought to you by the Realm Network. And now Fandango for the Can You Dance In It Foundation. Your sweatpants, you wear them, but can you dance in them? Condoms, can you dance in them? Small chubby orphans, ask yourself, can you dance in them? Randy Orton's butt, you can dance in them. But what about my Crocs? They're really comfortable. Can you dance in them? These are my skinny jeans. I feel real nice in them when I've lost a couple of pounds. Can you dance in them? It's my grandfather's coffin. I just got it for me. Died of ALS. Can you Dance in it. What are you asking me here, Mandango? Can you dance in it? These are tap shoes. Can you dance in them? Tap shoes. You absolutely can dance in them. But can you dance in them? These are made for dancing. I promise you, these are dancing shoes. Can you dance in them? I'm just going to say a country and see what you say in response. Uzbekistan. Can you dance in them? Apartheid. Can you dance in them? You having a stroke? Yes! I can't stop dancing. My legs hurt so much. It feels like there's lava in my veins. Your restless leg syndrome can go fuck itself. I've been doing the cha-cha for seven months, and I feel like my knees are going to explode. Have you tried a buterol for restless leg? Can you dance on it? All right, I'm gonna leave now. Can you dance with me? Kill me! Please kill me!